Blog Talk Radio. Psalm 82, a psalm of Asaph. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. How long will ye judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Selah. Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said, Ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. But ye shall die like men, and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. Well, good evening, everyone. This is uh, Kennard Levy-Brown. I'm your host for the Merciful Service of God Biblical Instructional Program. This program has been on the air quite a few years, uh, since 2007, and our overall goal is to help you understand the Bible, the true message of the Bible. Uh, We're not campaigning for money. We're not focusing on money, although if you would like to give to this work, that's great, but it's not the main focus. We're trying to save souls. That's what we're trying to do. So anyway, this is another one of these um, Bible studies where I was challenged. I didn't have an opportunity to really study uh, in detail to effectively answer a question that I was challenged on, a biblical uh, topic. And it has something to do with Romans 2, verse 14 to 15. Uh, If you don't understand the historical context of when it was written in and who uh, Rabbi Shaul or uh, teacher Paul, (laughs) say it in English, uh, wrote, uh, the audience that he wrote to was typically Jews and and non-Jews in a synagogue setting. Uh, when he wrote his epistles, then you're going to not understand this and all the rest of Paul's writings. And here's a warning that uh, Peter stated here um, in Second Peter chapter 3, Second Peter chapter 3, and starting in verse 15, an account that the long-suffering of our Master or Lord is salvation. So salvation certainly has something to do with being patient and also suffering, even as our beloved brother Paul also, and he did suffer. Matter of fact, Yeshua, and that's uh, Jesus' Hebrew name, Yeshua prophesied in Acts 9 verse 15 that he would suffer greatly for his sake. Uh, Says Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, and see the wisdom was given to him by the word of God, Yeshua. Verse 16, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of things in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, as they do also the other scriptures. So uh, the apostle Peter, or Kepha, that's how you say his name in Hebrew, confirmed that all the epistles that Paul wrote is holy writ. And, you know, I do get people opposing me and other people that teach correctly. And that 
Koine Greek word is graphe, and it means a document, holy writ. And so Paul's words that he wrote is holy writ. And if you guys need more proof of that, if you don't believe that, I can, I'll be glad to, to email you more proof. You can email me at Kennard, K as in kite, E as in elephant, two N's as in Nancy, A-R-D, at mercifulservantsofgod.com. Okay, so this scripture uh, in Romans 2, verse 14 to 15, we're going to get over uh, We're going to go over that, rather, as I go into this study. Now, this study is going to be a little longer than I usually have because, uh, again, if you don't understand the social context this was written in, and, and really the whole Bible was written in the social contextual environment of people that understood that they need to keep all the instructions of God, including the Sabbath, the holy days, and the clean and unclean meat instructions. So you got to, that's the, one of the most important rules that you need to understand. When you read the Bible, it's not a book in, the, in, in an environment of Sunday worshipers. It's, it's a book centered around people who are keeping the Sabbath, the holy days, and the clean and unclean meat instructions. If you don't understand that, then you're going to misapply uh, some scriptures and you're going to uh, use improper interpretation technique called eisegesis where you put your own thoughts your own experiences into the scriptures and then it gets filtered out in the wrong way all right so anyway can people keep the torah which is the law of god his instructions his way of life without knowing the torah well i had somebody misquoting romans 2 verse 14 to 15 to indicate that hey people naturally keep the uh, the torah is naturally written on our hearts and see that doesn't make any sense because the Holy Spirit um, in Ezekiel chapter 36. Well, this individual didn't say that, but it, it, that's what he was really implying that uh, we human beings naturally do right. They naturally do right. They, 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 they naturally know how to do right. I don't think so. <laughs> that, that doesn't make any sense. You know, I, I get all kinds of crazy. You wouldn't just you wouldn't believe the kind of crazy stuff that I get. But right here in Ezekiel chapter thirty-six, verse twenty-four: For I will take you from among the heathen and gather you out of all the countries and will bring you into your own land. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you. So why does he have to give a, a human being a new heart unless uh, that heart that they had was not acceptable to him? And heart can mean mind and how you think. Uh, also give you a new spirit. Why does he have to give this a human being a new spirit if they already had God's spirit in them, right? And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you, indicating that they didn't have the spirit in them. And that's the general case of most people in the world, as I'm going to prove today. Uh, His true spirit, the spirit that's going to influence you to keep all his commandments, including the Sabbath, the holy days, and the clean and unclean meat instructions. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk. Cause, meaning to mightily influence. To mightily influence. Give you the ability, just like a father helps a little baby walk. Well, that's like the Holy Spirit as far as helping us to understand the Bible. That's what the Holy Spirit does. It's the comforter. It's, it's, the, it's the helper. 
All right, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you shall keep my judgments and do them, okay? And so it's only through the Holy Spirit that you're able to do those things, and I'm going to talk about that a little, little more uh, as we end this Bible study about what the Holy Spirit does when you really have it working inside of you. And so is the Torah naturally written on our hearts so we can keep it? Well, let's look at some scriptures. Genesis 8, verse 21. And the Lord smelled a sweet savior. And this is after the flood. And the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake, for the imagination or how a man thinks, his heart, his mind is evil from his youth, from the youth. Neither will I again smite anymore everything living as I have done. So just based on that scripture, it doesn't sound to me that we are born with the natural ability to do good. Uh, Psalm 51 verse 5 is even even more proof. And this is David after he, he wrote this after he committed uh, his uh, fornication or adultery with Bathsheba. Um, Behold, I was shaping in iniquity. So we are all shaped in iniquity. Genesis 8 verse 21 confirms that we all carry Adam's sinful DNA. It was corrupted in the garden. And we all carry that. Behold, I was shaped in iniquity and in sin that my mother conceived me. So for proof of that, let's go to, I think it's in Romans. Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Verse 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and death passes upon all men, for that all have sinned. So because of Adam's sin, we are cursed with death, like he was. Okay? And sin, how is sin caused? By breaking the what? What's the definition of sin? Most people don't know that definition, but it's a plain definition in 1 John chapter 3, verse 4. Whosoever commits sin transgress against the Torah, all the instructions of God, his law, his way of life, for sin is the transgression of the law. So that's what sin is. So Adam sinned. If he sinned, he broke a law, and he broke the Torah, which means he understood what the Torah was back then. And that's not a Bible study. But anyway, and so based on our uh, evaluation or examination so far, it doesn't appear that a human being is born with righteousness naturally, okay? And so that's something to understand. And you got to, for some understandings of doctrines, you have to go and, and look at several scriptures before you assume something, all right? And uh, 1 Timothy 1, verse 13, 1 Timothy 1, verse 13. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 13. It's a very, very good scripture here. Who was, now he's talking about himself. Let me, um, this is Paul, 1 Timothy 1, verse 12. And I thank the Messiah, Yeshua, our Lord, who has enabled me for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. I can say the same thing. He put me in the ministry. I didn't want to be in ministry, but he put me in it. Uh, 1 Timothy 1, verse 13. Who was before a blasphemer, and a persecutor and injurious, but I obtained mercy. I call my fellowship merciful servants of God. Mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And so that is a lot in that scripture. So God is going to, he's going to give mercy to those who 
sin and ignorance. And there's even a law in the Bible, Numbers chapter 15, that, that God will allow that to be pardoned because it was out of ignorance. Of course, he'll allow any sin to be pardoned now because of the sacrifice of his son. But it was a time where uh, if you sinned and you knew it, then you were in trouble. Okay, now that's not the case anymore. But that's another Bible study. But sinning out of ignorance, there's less consequences for that because God is fair. He wants He wants you to, to come to the knowledge of the truth, as you'll find out here. In Luke chapter 12, Luke chapter 12, verse 47, it states, And that servant which knew his Lord's will and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will shall be beaten with many stripes. I'm an example of that. I've been understanding the complete message of the Bible uh, for over 30 years. And in, in those 30 years, I've increased my knowledge of understanding the complete message of the Bible and um, God's complete law and how I keep it. I've been doing that for several years. So if I, and I knew uh, the Lord's will, I know the Lord's will based on over 30 years of studying the Bible. I know his will, not perfectly, but I know it enough to obey him. And this is what this is talking about. And prepare. And if I don't prepare myself, then I'm going to be beaten with many strikes. But most people are in this category in verse 48. But he that knew not and did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes, with few stripes. For unto, unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall be much required. And to whom men have committed much, of him they will ask the more. Okay, so that's a biblical principle there. Levit, uh, not Leviticus, Luke chapter 23, verse 34. States, Father, and this is when he was on the cross, forgive them for they know not what they do. Okay, so this, this is another principle. If you don't know what you're doing, just like Paul, he was ignorant, he didn't know what he was doing, then God is certainly ready to forgive you. Uh, in John chapter 9, John chapter 9, starting in verse 39. And Yeshua said, For judgment I have come into the world, that they which see not might see. Those are people who don't know what they're doing. They're ignorantly sinning, okay? Um, and that they which see might be made blind. Those that see, of course, know what they're doing, and he, he says he's going to make them blind. In verse 40, And some of the Pharisees which were with him heard these words and said unto him, Are we blind also? And Yeshua said in, in verse 41 of John chapter 9, if you were blind, you should have no sin. So that's a plain statement. If you're blind, ignorantly blind, like Shaul or Paul, and what he means is that it's not a sin that's going to cause death, ultimate death, because God is going to pardon you and forgive you and give you an opportunity uh, to understand the truth. All right. If you were blind, you should have no sin but now you say we see therefore your sin remains okay uh in james chapter 4 james chapter 4 verse 17 therefore to him that knows to do good and does it not to him it is sin okay now what about god's mercy let's go into further detail about that in jonah chapter 4 verse 11 and should not I spare Nineveh, that great city, wherein are more than six score thousand persons that cannot discern between their right hand and their left hand, and also much cattle. Okay, so <laughs> here, this is God's tremendous mercy here. He had mercy on Nineveh because 
they used the knowledge that they did have to try to get right with God, and they all fasted. They had everybody fast, including the animals, and God recognized that. He was moved with compassion and mercy, and, and he had mercy on, on, on Nineveh. And and the prophet Jonah was saying, hey, God's going to destroy you. But what did they do? They repented. Okay, and he's like that with anybody because he plays no favorites. All right, Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12, verse 41. The men of Nineveh shall rise. Okay, so we already know that the Ninevites are going to be resurrected here shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, a greater than Jonah is here. And so we already know that the Ninevites are going to be raised up again. And obviously they're going to uh, be able to uh, condemn a generation. All right. Uh, Matthew chapter 11. People think all the people in Sodom are doomed. Well, not according to what Yeshua says here. Matthew chapter 11, verse 23 to 24. And thou, Capernaum, which art exalted into heaven, shall be brought down to the grave. Is this the grave? No, I think it's, um, let me take a look here. Yeah, yeah, the grave. Um, For if the mighty works which have been done in thee have been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. Very, very, very interesting statement from the master there. And so Sodom didn't have the gospel preached to them. They didn't have the life-changing message of the gospel preached to them. And so that's a reason why God destroyed them too. But I say unto you one of the reasons, anyway, that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for thee. Now, that's a very interesting statement there. It's going to be more tolerable. In other words, he's going to have mercy on Sodom. Because they didn't know how to repent. They didn't know how to repent. Uh, because they weren't taught the truth. First Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. It says, who will have all men to be saved. So that's God's desire is to try to save all of mankind. And to come into the knowledge of the truth. Salvation has something to do with coming into the knowledge of the truth. Most people don't know. They don't have the knowledge of the truth. So they're not saved. Okay, and you're not even starting the process uh, of being saved if you don't have the knowledge of the truth. Romans 11, verse 32. States the following, for God has concluded them all. In this context, it's talking about Israel, but since Israel is a light to the nations, it also can refer to the entire world. For God has included them all in unbelief that he have that, that he might have mercy upon all. And so. God wants to have mercy on everyone. But unfortunately, it's going to be some rotten apples uh, that you don't, no matter what you do, they're going to do whatever they want to do. And that's unfortunate. And that's why the lake of fire is going to have to burn those people up. Ephesians 2, verse 2 to 3. And we have all done this if we want to be totally honest with ourselves, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the atmosphere, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation or involvement in time past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath. And so we are by nature, and you're going to find that word, that Koine Greek word for nature, 
It's the same way that is used, same word that is used for nature in Romans 2, verse 14 to 15, which will help us properly interpret that patches of scripture instead of putting Sunday worship in there or, or what Sunday worshipers do. Not that I'm putting them down, but many of the Sunday worshipers believe that the Sabbath is on Sunday, which is an error, a major error as far as theology is concerned. All right, so we are by nature the children of wrath, which is proved by Genesis 8, verse 21, and Psalm 51, verse 5. So I want you to understand that. We are by nature the children of wrath. And most people are not taught all the instructions of God like the Jews. Okay, let's go over the Shema. This is the uh, Shema that's found in Deuteronomy chapter 4. And this is what God instructs us all to do. But Jews have done a better job than any of us in, in following this. Here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and you shall, this is the part I'm talking about, and you shall diligently teach what? The Torah, the instructions of God. Unto thy children and shall talk of them when you sit down in thy house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. And you shall bind them uh, for a sign upon thy hand and, and they shall be as frontless between thine eyes and you shall write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. Okay? And so God instructs us from a very early age to teach our children the words of God. I did that with my son. And my son is, is very successful. Uh to be 24 years old and, and being an IT specialist and making the kind of money he's making. I mean, that I'm, I'm crediting that to God, but I just did what God told me to do. I, I taught my son from as early age as possible, uh, the Torah, all the instructions of God, keeping the Sabbath, the holy days and clean, unclean meat instructions along with the rest. And he has, he's uh, been transformed into being a fine young man. So anyway, Ephesians 4, so understand that, that by nature we are the children of wrath. So the Jews and, and myself, um, I do have Jewish ancestry, but I know they probably wouldn't think I'm a Jew because I only have 2% of it, you know, Sephardic, but still, nonetheless, some point in my uh, family line, I do have Jews. Okay, so that does make me somewhat Jewish. Not that much Jewish, but <laughs> I have some. But even if I wasn't, the point that I'm making is that Jews and, and, and also non-Jews that understood that everybody should be keeping all his instructions. And this is another scripture popped up in my mind here in Ecclesiastes chapter 12. This is a, a very good scripture to use. Um, Ecclesiastes 12, verse 13, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear Yodevahe God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. And so this is the whole duty this is what we should be doing, ladies and gentlemen, is keeping all his commandments. Okay? And so I'm trying to look here because there's been some debate about um, as far as the conclusion of this book. Okay. So, yeah, this, this is certainly... Um, I'm just reading this here. Okay. So anyway, yeah, this is inspired scripture. Some people try to say that it isn't, and I've been challenged on that, but yeah, it's definitely, it belongs there. <laughs> you look at the other manuscripts. So anyway, 
Um, basically, Ephesians 4, verse 17 to 20. Let's take a look here. And even if that wasn't there, there's other scriptures that indicate that all of mankind should keep the Torah. So that's my point. Anyway, Ephesians chapter 4. And so we are by nature the children of wrath, and that's why God tells us from that we need to, at a very early age, teach our children. That's what the Shema really indicates. Uh, we, we, we should be teaching them the Torah, t- keep teaching them all the instructions of God, like I did with my son, uh, both me and my wife. Uh, and they, they will turn out to be okay if you do that in most cases. Uh, sometimes you'll get rotten apples, but but the majority of the time the kids will turn out okay if you teach them at a very early age about uh, his Torah, his instructions, his way of life by using the Bible. Ephesians 4, verse 17, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Master, that you henceforth walk not as other Gentiles or non-Jews walk or heathens in the, in the vanity of their own mind or meaningless of their own mind, having the, the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God. In other words, they don't have God's spirit. God's spirit is his life. And so it's saying that the majority of people in the world, they don't have the life of God in them or around them, okay, through the ignorance that is in them. So ignorance causes that. Not knowing causes you not to have the Holy Spirit, okay, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling has given themselves over to lasciviousness, which can also involve lawlessness, uh, to work all uncleanness with greediness, okay? But he says, but ye have not so learned in Messiah. The reason why lasciviousness, and let me take a look at that here. Um, it means um, to be filthy. If you're filthy and wanton, that, that's a sin. So it is some derivative of being lawless. All right. So because that's to be filthy is certainly being lawless, uh, not wanting to obey um Godly principles and then in James chapter 2 It says you break one point of the law You break it all okay so in James Chapter 2 and so We understand that blindness and, and Is equivalent To darkness which is equivalent To ignorance of how to keep uh, All the instructions of God and now Psalm 82 verse 3 to 5 Psalm 82 Psalm 82 Verse 3 to 5, defend the poor and the fathers, do justice to the afflicted and needy. And verse 4 of Psalm 82, deliver the poor and the needy, rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not. Now, he's talking about the general population of the world. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. And that's the reason why this situation with the, all the foundations of the earth are out of course is getting worse and worse and worse. Now, in Psalm 147, Psalm 147, verses 19 to 20, he showed his word unto Jacob. Jacob is all the 12 tribes, and you guys need to go to www.britam, B-R-I-T-A-M dot org, B as in boy, R as in rat, I as in it, T as in Tom, A as in apple, M as in mother dot org. So he won't be astounded about what I'm getting ready to say. Jacob consisted of 12 tribes, and today it consists of the little land of Israel, all the Jews in, in, in Jerusalem or Israel and around the world that are scattered. And also refers to the Western nations, the United States, Britain, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa. They all 
have good population of the so-called 10 lost tribes of Israel. They're not lost to me because I know who they are. I've studied it. And you can, too, by going to that website, www.b, as in boy, r as in rat, i as in it, t as in tom, a as in apple, m as in mother, dot org. So anyway, he shows his word to Jacob, and this is proved by the fact that the Western nations have more Bibles than any other territory in the world, and, of course, in the, uh, the land of Israel. We are God's people. He showed his word unto Jacob, his statutes, and his judgments unto Israel. He has not dealt so with any other nation. And as for his judgments, they have not known them. Praise be to the Lord. So this was written around the time of David, King David. And that situation really didn't change until uh, Yeshua talked to his disciples and said, hey, you know, before he ascended to heaven, this is when it changed. In Matthew chapter 28 Matthew chapter 28 verse 18 this was in the first century and Yeshua came unto them and said all power is given to me in heaven and earth verse 19 in Matthew 28 go ye therefore and teach all nations so it wasn't just to Israel anymore it's to all nations and this started or initiated in the first century Immersing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you, even until the end of the world. Okay, and so this event happened, and then something happened here. Let me see if I can find it here. And let me see. There's a scripture here that talks about the fact that um, they realize that the Gentiles also um, need to start obeying Torah, too. I'm trying to find it here. Uh, Let me see. I think it's in Acts chapter 14 here. Okay, my cat would have to start making sounds. At the wrong time. Anyway. (laughs) Oh, boy. Let's see. There's something in here about, uh, let me see, let me see if I can find it here real quick. Uh, Gentiles. Gentiles. It's in the book of Acts somewhere. Okay, here we go. Acts 11, verse 18. Sorry about that. And then Acts 11, verse 17. For as much then as God gave them the like gift as he did unto us who believed on the Master, Yeshua Messiah, what was I that I could withstand Yodevahe? When they heard these things, they held their peace and glorified God, saying, Then has God also to the Gentiles granted repentance unto life. Okay, so they didn't understand that. They didn't understand fully what the Messiah was telling them, that just like the nation of Israel and all the Israelites and, and all the all the 12 tribes, he wanted the whole world to also 
start keeping the Torah. And in Isaiah, this is what's going to happen. Isaiah 66, verse 23, it states, and it shall come to pass, and this is a prophecy, that from one new moon, or Rosh Hodesh in Hebrew, to another, one Shabbat, or Sabbath, to another, shall all flesh, all mankind come to worship me. And when you understand the new moons, uh, because of the new moons, you're able to figure out which holy days uh, you need to keep. And that's another Bible study, Leviticus chapter 23, but it also includes the Sabbath. So it said, and, and then all the other holy days are, are like other Sabbaths. So uh, it's mankind's destiny to, to, to keep all of his Torah, ladies and gentlemen. So I want you to understand that. Now, Romans 10, verse 18, some people use it and say, well, uh, the gospel's already been preached around the world. Well, that's not true, folks. Uh, I, I'm going to explain what this means. But I say, have they not heard yet? Verily, their sound went into all the earth and their words into the ends of the world. Okay? And then this is explained that nature preaches the gospel. Yes, the beginning stages of it, but not to a point of where you're able to receive uh, God's spirit and, and learn how to keep all the Torah in its totality. Okay? Uh, Galatians 2 verse 15 says who we who are Jews by nature that's the same word that is used in Romans 2 verse 14 15 and and, and not sinners of the Gentiles so that helps you understand what it, it means when, when we read that scripture finally and we're getting that in a minute but Romans 1 verse 18 to 32 to give us some background here before we read Romans 2 verse 14 to 15 so I'm doing this for a reason so we can get the social context and understand certain scriptures about man's nature Okay, and, and what God stated as far as uh, most of mankind being blind or ignorant, they don't understand how to keep the Torah and so forth. So you'll understand the scripture in Romans 2, verse 14 and 15. Most people don't do that. They just take scriptures out and, and they make doctrines out of them without doing proper exegesis. All right, so um, Romans chapter 1, verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness. What is righteousness? First of all, Psalm 119, 172, all of God's commandments. And then in Deuteronomy 6, verse 25, it states that is all of his commandments. That's what righteousness is all, the entire Torah, including the keeping of Sabbath, the holy days, and clean unclean mean instructions. Um, Paul was writing to Jews in a synagogue setting and Gentiles who weren't Jews. And they understood that they needed to keep the Sabbath. That is the social context he was writing this epistle to, okay, in the social environment. For the wrath of God is revealed against heaven, against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness, okay? Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So most human beings are not without excuse when they see all the creation. And that's why we have different religions. Most human beings understand there's got to be a God, <laughs> okay? But He, God wants you to worship him, not create your own God and worship that God, okay? And so that's, what the, that's the point of this. Uh, most people a lot of people understand that there has to be some omnipotent thing. You have your atheists, but you have a lot of people, a good bulk of people that understand that it has to be a creator. But it can't be the type of creator you want to identify with. It has to be the true creator of the Bible. 
Anyway, verse 21, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful. And this really explains the parable of the sower. Most people hear, uh, a lot of people, a good bulk of people hear the truth or some of the truth, and they deny it. They don't want to go further in, in understanding the complete truth. And so this is what happens when most people, most people do this. This is what happens. But they became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. So when you, when truth come to you, this is what happens in Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. I'm going to read you a little bit of the parable to South. So we're ready. Um, right here in verse 18. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When one hears the word of the kingdom and understands it not, and that's the majority of mankind, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which is received by the wayside. But he that received the seed in the stony place is the same as he that hears the word, and anon will joy receive it, yet he does not have any root in himself. Which means he doesn't have the Holy Spirit, or the Holy Spirit left this individual. But endure for a while, for when problems, the tribulation, or persecution arise because of the word, by and by he or she is offended. He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word, and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becomes unfruitful. But he that receives seed into the good ground, which is a very few uh, percentage of people in the world throughout history, uh, what he's saying here, one out of the four characteristics here, 25%. Receive the word, they desire it, and they grow, and they grow in different stages. Some, it says right here, but he that receives seed into the ground is he that heareth the word and understands it, which also bears fruit. In other words, righteous behavior. And bringeth forth some a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. So you have three different categories, some 30%, some um, 60, some a hundredfold. Or some 30, some 60, some 100, okay? And so that, let's go back to Romans, Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. And if I could get cut off the air, I'd probably be on here another 15, 20 minutes to get this very important message done. I'm trying to do a series of foundational Bible studies so people can understand that they have to obey God's commandments to make it into the kingdom. That, that's what I'm trying to do here. Um. So these are people who hold the truth and unrighteousness. So these are people that know better. That's what this is talking about. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed and sent them for the invisible things of him, from the creation of the world, our clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and God is so that they are without excuse. Remember, he's writing to a Jewish synagogue setting of people that understand he must keep the entire Torah, okay? Verse 21, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imagination. How do you know God? By keeping his commandments, okay? Uh, vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. Perfection themselves to be wise, they became fools. And changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like the corruptible man. This is what our people did in the wilderness. They, they got idols and so forth, and they, and they did what, and they, and they became darkened because of it. Uh, and four-footed Beasts and creeping things, wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts, the design of their own bodies between us. This is talking about homosexuality, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creation more than the creator. A lot of people do that. They they worship the creation more so than the creator. 
who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause, God gave them up into vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. Talking about homosexuality here. And likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burn in their lust one toward another. This word natural, I think it's the same word that is used in Romans 2, verse 14 and 15 again. Men working, men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving themselves a recompense or what they deserve of the error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God, and most people don't. They don't, when I try to, most people are not going to listen to this program. They, they don't like God, okay? They, they don't want to hear the truth. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them. So if you don't want to retain knowledge, God in your knowledge, God is going to give you a reprobate mind, okay? Uh, that's what the devil snatches whatever truth is in your mind, and you become blind, okay? That, that's what happens. God gave them over to a reprobate mind, reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all, not some, all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, people that like to argue and fuss all the time, deceit, uh, whisperers, malignancy, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents. So this all happens when you just run away from the truth. When you run away from the truth, there's a God has set up a law, a natural law, that you end up blinding yourself, and it's much more difficult for you to understand his truth. When you start doing that, when you start running away from the truth, I've seen it all the time. I still see it today. Without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, unmerciful, implacable, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. So this is talking about people when God has revealed his truth. Many are called, right? But few are chosen. This, this passage of scripture uh, helps you to understand uh, the parable of the sower a little bit more. Okay, Romans 1, verse 18 to 32. It's not talking about people just naturally know how to obey God. That's, that can't be true after all the scriptures I showed you. So I have about two minutes and five seconds left. Um, I will uh, be going off the air soon, but um, I'm going to continue on here probably for another 10 or 15 minutes and conclude this. And then, of course, uh, this Bible study will be available in the archives. So uh, for and I'll post it on my Merciful Servants of God group page. For when the Gentiles, which have not the law. OK, so now we understand this a little better. And so most people in the world aren't taught the Torah from birth. They're not, they don't even know what the Shema means. They, they, Deuteronomy 6, verses 4, the, uh, those are the verses I showed you. They, they don't even know where to turn where that's at in Deuteronomy. And the parents certainly aren't teaching them from birth the Bible, okay? So that's what that means. For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, in other words, they're not raised in the Torah, they're not raised into uh, understanding that they need to keep the Sabbath, the holy days, and the clean and unclean mean instructions, do by nature, okay? So, this nature has something to do with their uh, how they were born, okay? And you're about to find that here in a minute. The things contained in the law. These, having not the law, are a law unto themselves. And when it says by nature, it's, it's simply talking that uh, a condition that they had during birth. We're about to find out what that is here in a minute. Uh, having not the law, in other words, they weren't taught the law. 
are a law unto themselves, which show the work of the law. Written now is saying that the work of the law is written in their How can that happen unless they repent and they receive the Spirit? Their conscience also bearing witness in their thoughts, the mean while accusing or else excusing one another. And that's in Romans 2, verse 14 to 15. And then this is what it's talking about here in Romans 2, verse 27. And shall not uncircumcision, which is by nature. And so most boys that are born are uncircumcised by nature. And they don't get circumcised. A lot of boys don't. And so basically, if it fulfilled the law, judge thee who by the letter and circumcision does transgress the law. And so it says, and shall not uncircumcision, which is by nature. And so every human being uh, at birth is not circumcised, but Jewish Jewish babies get circumcised at the eighth day. Yeshua or Jesus did. And so I tell people, because Jesus did, we should do it. All right? And, and he says, and shall not uncircumcision, which is by nature, which means that the majority of people in the world aren't taught that they that the babies have to be circumcised okay and many babies are circumcised around the world all right and shall not uncircumcision which is by nature if it fulfill the law judge thee who by the letter and circumcision does does transgress the law now interestingly um i know in the western nations and i know in the united states a, a lot of hospital has a policy that they they naturally uh, circumcise the kids which proves because circumcision is certainly a sign of being a part of the tribes of Israel in most cases. And so that's not a Bible study. But anyway, now you should better understand what that word nature means. And that same Koine Greek word, uh, let me look at Romans 2, verse 27 here. Romans 2, verse 27. So nature, that's uh, phusis. And it means... Uh, Disposition, your native disposition, okay? The world's native disposition is that they're not Jews and they're not raised into the Torah and they are not physically circumcised, all right? So that's the nature that is talking about here. So it says, for when the Gentiles, which have not the Torah, do by nature, okay? Meaning that they are not circumcised. They don't do Jewish things. Most people in the world don't. Keep the Sabbath, the holy days, the clean and unclean meat instructions. Even though it is God's laws and God's instructions, the reason why people identify keeping the Sabbath with the Jews is because the Jews are the ones that preserved it because they kept on keeping it. It doesn't mean that only the Jews should do it. It just means the Jews are the leaders. They're, they should be the leaders. That, uh, they should be the leading teachers. There's other teachers. There can be non-Jewish teachers. Uh, but... Titus is one of them, by the way, in, in, the, in the apostolic scriptures. But the leaders, the, the ones that should be leading us as far as teaching the Bible should be Jews, okay? Although there's other non-Jewish teachers. There can be other teachers that aren't Jewish. But the leaders, the ones who should be leading the teaching should be Jews, according to the Bible. And I'm talking about Jews that believe in Yeshua. And so, for when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature, now we understand what that means, by nature, meaning that they are not born with keeping, they're not born with parents that understand that they need to teach their children out of the Bible 
and teach their children to keep the Sabbath and all the commandments of God. Most parents don't do that. And that's what that talk, that, that is what that's talking about. For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, in other words, their parents don't teach them the Torah, do by nature the things contained in the law. Some people say, well, Canard, uh, Sunday churches, they, they keep at least the commandments. Yeah, but they don't keep the fourth commandment. And then they don't keep the, 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 the clean, unclean instructions and none of the other ones. God wants us to obey him completely, not partially. And let me uh, show you a scripture to prove that. In Numbers chapter 14, I think. Numbers chapter 14, verse 24. But my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him, he had God's true spirit in him, and has followed me fully. God doesn't want you following him partially. He wants you to follow him fully. Him will I bring into the land where he went, and his seed shall possess it. And then Numbers chapter 32, Numbers chapter 32, verses 11 to 12. Surely none of the men that came up out of Mitzrayim or Egypt from 20 years old and upward shall see the land which I swore unto Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, because they have not wholly followed me. And so you have to wholly or completely follow the Messiah if you want to enter the kingdom of God, ladies and gentlemen, thus says the master. All right. So for when the Gentiles, which have not the Torah, do by nature, meaning that they by nature wasn't introduced to Jewish tradition. They weren't circumcised during the eighth day, and they certainly didn't understand the Torah. Okay. The things contained in the law. So. These are people that, that, that they weren't born naturally to obey the Torah, but they found out about it and they decided to start keeping it, okay? These, having not the law, in other words, they weren't taught it naturally by their parents because their parents didn't know about it, okay? Are a Torah unto themselves, which show the work of the law written in their hearts. In other words, they received, they must have repented, they received the Spirit, and that's how they have it written in their hearts. That's the new covenant. Uh, in Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 31. Jeremiah chapter 31. Verse 31. Behold, the days come, says the master, that I will make a renewed covenant or a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. That's all you can might as well say Jews and Christians, okay? All right. Verse 32, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant or agreement they broke, although I was a husband unto them. Verse 33, but this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, says the master, I will put my law or Torah in their inward parts. He's going to do it through the Holy Spirit. I read that in Ezekiel 36, verse 27. In their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. Okay? So that's how the Holy Spirit works. And he says right here, which show the work of the law written in their hearts. In other words, they repented, received the Spirit, and now the Torah is written in their hearts so that they can keep it. And these are people that weren't Jews. That's the point that Paul is making here. Their conscience also bearing witness in their thoughts, the mean while accusing or else excusing one another. Okay. And so, in Romans 2, verse 27, and shall not uncircumcision, which can mean or does mean that they weren't Jews, 
which is by nature, most people aren't Jews, right? Jews, there's not that many Jews in the world, okay? That's the way it's been for a while. If it fulfill or complete the Torah, judge thee, who by the letter and circumcision does transgress the law. Okay, you can be circumcised to be a Jew and still transgress the law. That's what that's saying. So that should explain that. It doesn't mean that people naturally know the Torah and naturally know right from wrong and God's going to judge you based on what you know. Although he will, but when most people are resurrected, the, the majority of people are going to be resurrected in the second resurrection, and they're going to, many of those people are going to be given a first opportunity to truly understand God because in Isaiah, Isaiah, and I know you never heard this message before. Most of you haven't. Isaiah chapter 27, 26 rather. I think it's 27. Yeah, 27. Or it might be 26. I'll find it. Yeah, 26. Let me go back to 26. Isaiah chapter 26. Oh, 25. I'm sorry. Isaiah 25, 26, 27 is talking about the Messiah's return. Isaiah chapter 25, and I think is verse 7. Yeah. And he will destroy, and this is talking about the second coming here. He will destroy in this mountain the face of the covering cast over all people. So there is a there is a covering, a, a blindness, a veil over all people, unfortunately. And the veil that is spread over all nations. And so let me look at the word study dictionary here to give you um, a little more understanding of this. Um, the covering. It means a lot, which is interesting in Hebrew, indicating a shroud or a covering. It is the noun H3874, indicating the inability of people to perceive God and his works clearly. That's the majority of people in the world. In this verse, Isaiah uses the noun and verb forms together, meaning the covering that covers or the shroud that enfolds. This is a reference to the power of Messiah's redemptive work to open the eyes of the blind. And that's what he said in John chapter 9. Okay, that he, that's, that's what he's going to do through the Holy Spirit, and that's what he is doing. And so to conclude this, uh, what does the Holy Spirit do? What does it give us the ability to do ultimately? Well, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 6 to 16, states the following. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world are complete, nor the princes of this world that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world into our glory, which... See, this wisdom was hidden until the first century. I'm going to prove that. I have to quote another scripture, prove that to you too. Which none of the princes of this world, now again, this was written in the social context of a Sabbath-keeping environment in the first century, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the master. So it was complete ignorance among most of humanity, even in the first century. Verse 9, but as it is written, eye has not seen nor ear has heard, have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed them to us, a, a, a select group of people, by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. And it means to search all things. Yes, all the deep things of God. I hear too many times, oh, well, we got to wait for Christ to come back for this. Uh, Christ, well, no, no. God can reveal that to you now. All his deep secrets. First 
Corinthians 2, verse 11. For what man knoweth the things of a man save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knows no man but the spirit of God. You cannot understand God unless you have his spirit working with you, and certainly it has to be in you so you can have an increased understanding of God. Verse 12, now we have received not the spirit of the world. The spirit of the world is the devil's spirit, the spirit of error. But the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. And they should be given free. Religious teachings should be freely given to you. Verse 13, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teach, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. In other words, scriptures with scriptures. (laughs) But the natural man receives of the, 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 the man of nature, right? The natural man. That's what that's referring to. Uh, the natural man. The man of nature, right? Receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. And so that's the, the kind of natural man that most people are male or female they just naturally don't and are not attracted to god in his way okay verse 15 but he that is spiritual judge of all things yet he himself is judge of no man for who has known the mind of the master that he may instruct him but we have the mind of christ and i wanted to show you one last scripture acts chapter 17 acts chapter 17 Acts chapter 17, for starting at verse 22. Now, the social context and environmental setting here is Paul was in, uh, in Greece at the time. He was at Athens, okay? And a lot of those Greek people, they, didn't, they had no clue about God. So Acts 17, verse 22, then Shaul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, you men of Athens, and this is in, in, Greek, in the Greece area, I perceive that in all things you are too superstitious. For as I have passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with the inscription to the unknown God. This is prophetic because most people don't know the true God because they don't read their Bibles and they don't believe them. And then when you don't do that, then I just proved to you that you cause additional blinding and blindness to the point of where it's very difficult for you to understand the truth. So anyway, for as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with the inscription to the unknown God, whom therefore you ignorantly worship. Many people ignorantly worship the unknown God or the true God. And this proves it. Him declare I unto you. So that's one of God's nicknames, biblically, the unknown God, who many people ignorantly worship. They think they are worshiping the true God, but they ignorantly worship him as well. When they cry out to him, oh, God, help me, you know, they don't really know who they're crying out to because they don't study the Bible. They don't believe uh, many of the words of the Bible. Verse 24, Yodi Vahir, God that made the world and all things there and seeing that he is the Lord of heaven and earth and dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Neither is worship with man's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he gives, giveth to all life and breathe in all things. I mean, um, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things. In verse 26, and has made of one blood, one blood, Adam, all the nations of men to dwell on the face of the earth, 
and has determined the times before appointed and the bounds and their habitation. In other words, the Chinese people live in the Chinese area, and you know. And so he did separate, but we're all one big family, okay? But God likes variety, just like there's variety of flowers, variety of different uh, uh, breeds of dogs. Well, there's certain different types of human beings. You have yellow skin, black skin, white skin, in-between skin, you know, uh, and different characteristics. But we're all one happy or should be one happy family. Verse 17, that they should seek the Lord, if happily they might feel after him, and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. And that's interesting. God is not far from anybody. Oh, if you want to know the true God, if anyone of you listening to this, cry out to him. He will reveal himself to you. He did that with me when I was just totally appalled by the wickedness of the world at a very young age of 17. I asked God, hey, it doesn't make any sense for me to live if you don't reveal yourself to me. And so he revealed himself to me. He will do the same for you. I'm no better, I'm no different than you. I have to use a total like you do. All right. So verse 27, that they should seek the master, if happily they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said. For we are also his offspring. So ultimately, that is the goal for every human being to be, and we are really his children anyway, just because of the creation without him none of us would be alive but for us to be totally his children having his spirit in him and obeying him we have to repent and we have to choose to receive his holy spirit to be completely his children and his offspring verse 29 for as much then as we are the offspring of yodevahe we ought not to think that the godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone graven by art and man's device and the times of this ignorance God winked at. So he winked at it all the way up to the first century. But now he commands all men everywhere to repent. Those who he calls, he's commanding you to repent. Anyone listening to this program right now, he's commanding you to repent. Repent, And you are going to be responsible for what you understand, if you understand what I'm talking about. Now, if you don't, it's a different story. But if you understand, if God has given you the ability through his spirit to understand what I'm saying here, you are going to be responsible for what you understand, okay? In verse 31, because he has appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained, where if he has given assurance unto all men and that he has raised him from the dead, okay? And so I hope that we understand this scripture finally in Romans 2, verse 14 and 15. says, for when the Gentiles, non-Jews, which have not the law, meaning that they weren't taught the law from birth, they weren't taught the Torah. They weren't taught to keep the Sabbath, the holy days, the clean, unclean, mean instructions, which is a vast majority of people in the world. Okay, so let me uh, quote another scripture here that proves this in First John, First John chapter five. First John chapter five states, and we know that we are God, and the whole world lies in wickedness. So the the whole world in the first century was lying in wickedness, and it still is today. And so, for when the Gentiles, which, which have not the law, they weren't taught the law by birth, uh, it wasn't a custom, it wasn't a tradition of the family, because they didn't know the Bible, and then had no desire to teach their children the Bible, and then it had no desire to teach them what is called uh, the Shema, starting in Deuteronomy 6, verse 4, meaning that you should uh, do the best you can to really, really teach your children at a very young age how to keep 
all the commandments, including the Sabbath, the holy days, the clean and unclean meaning instructions, do by nature the things contained in the law. And so by nature is referring to the fact that they were not circumcised physically in most cases. They were not Jewish. All right. And so the majority of people in the world aren't introduced into keeping the Sabbath, the holy days, and the clean unclean meaning instructions. There's another scripture that I want to quote too that's popping in my mind here. Zechariah 8, verse 23. It states, Thus says the master of hosts, in those days, this is when he comes back, that ten men shall take hold out of all the language, uh, languages of the nations, even shall take hold of the skirt of him that is a Jew, saying, we will go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. And, of course, it's talking about a Jew that, of course, believes in Yeshua. And there's a good bunch of them now that are coming around realizing that uh, Jesus or Yeshua is the Messiah. These are Jews that keep the Torah. All right? And so when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature, meaning that they weren't raised Jewish, they they weren't raised, they did not get their their private parts the sons, they did not get get uh, get it circumcised, all right. Um, and and by nature means they're non-Jewish, and, and meaning someone's non-Jewish in most cases they're not they're not going to have any clue about keeping the Sabbath, the holy days, the clean, unclean instructions. Although there are some uh, with the Seven Day Adventists, they do keep at least the Sabbath, and you, you do have the Worldwide Church of God Splinter Churches. You have the Hebrew Roots Movement. You have Messianic Jews. They all keep the Sabbath, the holy days, and the clean, unclean instructions along with the rest of the commandments, even though Messianic Jews and Hebrew roots, they go a little further than the the, uh, the splinter churches, but that's another um, Bible study altogether. So, do by nature the things contained in the Torah, these having not the law, in other words, they weren't taught the law from birth, they weren't taught that they need to keep the Sabbath, the holy days, and clean and unclean mean instructions, and the rest of the commandments are a law unto themselves, which show the work of the law written out. Okay, so how can they have it written in their hearts if they did not repent and receive the Spirit. See, people take this out of context to say, well, people that didn't have the law weren't called, and, you know, he says many are called, few are chosen. Uh, they just decide at that time during this wicked world not to be called. But they're going to be given a first opportunity when they're resurrected, all right? And so which showed the work of the law written in their hearts, meaning they, they repented to receive the Holy Spirit, their conscience also bearing witness in their thoughts to mean while accusing or else excusing one another. And then in verse, Romans 2, verse 27, and shall not uncircumcision, which means they're not Jews. Most people are not Jews, which by nature, in other words, they're born in that condition of not being Jews. If it fulfill the law, judge thee who by the letter and circumcision does transgress the law. And so anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I hope that I've explained this. Uh, I did the best I could to do it. I have the scriptures there for you to go over. If you have any other questions, email me at Kennard, K. E-N-N-A-R-D at MercifulServanceOfGod.com. That's Kennard, K-E-N-N-A-R-D at MercifulServanceOfGod.com. You can always friend request me, Kennard. Just type in Kennard Levi, L-E-V-I Brown on Facebook and become my friend, and I'll put you in my uh, Facebook uh, Merciful Service of God group. And so I hope this Bible study has been a blessing to you. And I'm going to continue on now uh, with giving more Bible studies uh, like this where I'm um, 
doing the best I can to compare scriptures with scriptures so we can truly understand what the scripture is really talking about in the light of other scriptures and, and properly interpreting it correctly. And so may y'all bless and keep you and y'all willing, I'll be available to you next week. Shalom. Peace. Malachi chapter 4. For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. And ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. Remember ye the law of Moses my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb for all Israel, with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse.